regular, regular, regular features. A regular, regular, regular features. A regular, regular, regular features. A regular features the show. Hey, hey, you. Welcome to Regular Features. It's the podcast that's exactly the same every week. So stop talking, turn away from the people next to you, and just push your little earbuds so far into your head that you can't get them out again. <laughs> that's as far in as they go. Yeah. And then it'll be really nice when I talk like this. Anyway. I'm John Blythe. I'm your host tonight, and I'll take you on a journey of, through the world of features with my two bum-chum buds who go by these names. Steve, who are you? I'm Steve. Wow, I got that right. <laughs> you can't take that away from me. What have you got for us today, Mr. Boy? I've got a charity contribution fundraising effort about, um, it's, uh, yeah, you'll see. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> That sounds like it'll be going directly after Joe's feature, which is what, Joe? And also, what's your name? My name's Carlton Bonamassi, and I've got a feature for you. Because <laughs> oh. I got a cigar that I've remembered is in my desk. For the reader's benefit, he literally produced a cigar out of his desk yeah. and put it into his mouth while he talked. It's a Carloni cigar. <laughs> I don't know what a Carloni cigar is, or if it's even valuable. But I got a little feature for you about the programmed Americans and its many foibles. Oh, Joe's intro is so much better than mine. Can I do mine again, Locke? Yeah, by all means, Steve. Okay, intro, intro me again. And on the right-hand side of my television screen I'm today... I'm Bernadette. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> I died of the plague in 1702. I knew it. And how's that going for you, Steve? Or Bernadette? Fucking good. <laughs> Let's go. I've never felt more alive, baby. <laughs> it's my sad duty to inform you that I'm Log, and I'm going to talk about Fesshole, which I went to see live. And I'm going to see if I can whip up a little Fess for you. Mm. <laughs> It's time for another Feech Hole Confession. Yeah, I queefed on the bus and didn't tell anyone and I queefed out a little toy that I put up there. That was another Feech Hole Confession. Either of you guys ever watched the new and fresh programme The Americans? I keep seeing it mm. on... The streaming platform of my choice. Didn't that come out in like 2007 or something? 2017. They're, they're still close. plugging away at it. The children's still trying to make me watch it. Actually, wait a second. When did it come out? It might be really old. It feels old. It's This is the one about the Soviet spies it in is. suburban America, yeah? 2013 yeah. it came out. So it's. Do they get to meet all the stars of the era, like um, Gorbals? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Goebbels is Cold there. War leader. <laughs> not, not yet, but I bet, because over six seasons, you really run out of ideas. I bet there's a guy with a big birthmark on him. Yeah, um, and they've ended up backstage at a Lady Gaga concert. <laughs> yeah, Lady Gaga. But she's playing Zsa Zsa Gabor. Zsa Gabor and Lady Gaga meet Gorbachev at a Goebbels rally. <laughs> Let me tell you, guys, mm -hmm. it's a fascinating proposition, the Americans. I'm enjoying it, but it sits at that intersection of when people started thinking TV was real. Um, and so it's got this odd mix of being quite well shot and there's long stretches that are very serious um, and, as such, boring, like like modern TV is because that's how you've got to make good TV now. It's got to be boring for ages. Um, and then occasionally, it'll just be fucking batshit, and everyone will act like idiots for, for <laughs> out of nowhere, like what? proper old TV was. Deep undercover guys, undercover spies, suddenly just going... <laughs> they might as well, in some of these circumstances, the decisions they make might have been better served by going... <laughs> instead. <laughs> If you don't know the Americans, it's the story of two Russian deep cover spies who are placed in Washington, D.C. as 
not children, but like young people. And they have to live their whole lives as the quintessentially American nuclear family. And they have children who don't know they're spies. That's crazy. I hope they don't go native. Well, that's it. Oh, my God. There's teetering on the edge of native all the time. What does one of them say? Have you tried this apple pie? It's actually really nice. Man, (laughs) it's not far off. (laughs) They constantly refer to stuff like, we've got stereos, though. Should we defect? Um, (laughs) Baseball's really good, actually. (laughs) I hit a home run yesterday and I felt alive. (laughs) Captain Crunch is crazy the only captain i know was in the kgb and now i've met this guy and he's cookie um all of that's by day but then by night they always wear a whole menagerie of wigs and they just fuck absolutely everybody they're absolutely fuck crazy they're married and they're trying to work out their married life but oh my god they're just fucking going wild with the nuts and the other genitals that they've got (laughs) As a straight um, man, you should be able to think of other genitals. No, just I, own, I think mainly about my nuts. Um, so I'm still partway through season one, so don't spoil it, readers. But I've got a list of some of my favourite things so far that will sound like I'm making fun of the programme, but are they come from a place of love. Number one, in episode one, this is all real. In episode one, an FBI agent moves in across the street completely by coincidence. Mm -hmm. Um, Like it's a show that should be called Everybody Loves Russians. (laughs) (laughs) But I also cruelly believe that the agent must have been recast after the scripts were written because every woman he meets wants to suck him off. Like every single person he meets is like, oh my God, oh my God, agent. Let's have a bad sex while you're married. Um, but he looks like a gnarled elm tree in a blonde wig. It's so weird. Also, what I love is that the FBI guy is called Stan Beeman, and I can only think that his B name would be Stan Beeman. <laughs> well, someone's B name's going to be that. <laughs> I also love that there's an episode where there's a frightening, chubby, ex-German... Sorry, East German assassin who speaks like an absolute caricature of what that would be like. Do an impression of a chubby, frightening East German assassin right now. (laughs) Oh, I'm Klaus Zanzibar. Correct. That is exactly how he sounds. I think I heard you listening to the monkeys through your kitchen window. (laughs) Yep. All of this is correct. And it's so good that he speaks like this. There's a bit where he goes and meets a sex worker and the sex worker's like, what do you like? Oral, anal, ecclesiastical? Um, and that's is like, that a direct huh? quote? That's or, a direct quote. Give me ecclesiastical, right? <laughs> Again, not far. His response to that line is, "Oh no, I am much kinkier than that." <laughs> it's wild. But I got the kinky out my stinky. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, Wolf Blitzer. I can hear him coming in. It's basically Wolf Blitzer. <laughs> But my favourite recurring element of the Americans is that it goes into crazy amounts of detail about how, like, every part of their lives is, like, perfectly stage-managed. Everything they do, they they know how to, like, deeply think it out to avoid any detection or for anyone to work out who they are. It's down to a T. Except when they come home and talk about their spy jobs because all they do the only concession they make to being careful about what they say in their own house with their kids in the house is to just turn on the radio a bit quietly or turn a tap on and then they sometimes just have like shouting matches about (laughs) about like their differing opinions on murdering prominent scientists in the star wars (laughs) nuclear deterrent program and their kids are like Two rooms away sleeping or, 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 or even not even asleep yet. Just they've gone to bed and they're like, how the hell do we stick a pistol up this guy? <laughs> it's fucking... But there's, 
the mild static sound of bubbling water coming exactly, from that yeah. sink. Come- no one's going to hear anything they've said. When It's a strange scientific quirk that if you say the words counter-espionage next to a bubbly tap, it sounds like, I love the Beatlemania. <laughs> Give um, me more Rolling Stone. <laughs> Do and you want to go bowling Nixon. today? <laughs> it's fucking bizarre. Like, it's such a well-thought-out program, and then these bits happen. And I know they have to show them having those conversations for drama, but I don't think it would be a huge leap or a huge effort to show quite a long scene before every one of those arguments where they walk up to a statue of George Washington and pull its <laughs> arm down yes. and a secret elevator door opens and you have to watch the entirety of a long elevator ride into a soundproof booth 100 feet below sea level and it's got all Russian stuff in there, like a big furry hat on the wall and a poster mm-hmm. that says, wish you were in Sochi. And then they have to wait for the door to close, like you do with elevators, and then they scream at each other. And then I'd believe it. I'd, I wouldn't have to make the, you know, the, the leap in logic to, to mm. get there. Um, so to show you how well, weird... Well, turn on a bigger tap. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Or like... Just bring the hose inside and squirt it about at all their plates. <laughs> Get your tops all wet. Yeah. <laughs> um, fuck. To show you how weird this situation is, I've pulled a transcript from episode nine of The Americans for us to read. Okay. Um, and uh, I'd like you to act out some of the parts. So, Steve, I'd like you to play Elizabeth Jennings. All right. And Log, I'd like you to play her husband, the spy Philip Jennings. And I'll play the clown. Elizabeth Jennings enters the kitchen. She looks flustered. Philip Jennings is already in the kitchen. He's forcing a pistol barrel first into a cantaloupe, just in case. Honey, we've got to talk. I've just been doing the crossword puzzle and all the clues spell out a message. What do those Ruskies want now? <laughs> oh, Philip, you're so deep cover. We're the Ruskies. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I'm actually called Mischer, and I'm loyal to the cause of communism. In season two, you're definitely going to want to defect again. <laughs> but, yeah, the message. Okay, all of the answers spelled out. Philip or Elizabeth, please fuck Ronald McDonald. He is a symbol of American dominance and is becoming too powerful. Hard to get fuck into a crossword puzzle. Well, I don't remember. Hmm, that's realistic. Clues can be hard to remember when the script writer can't be bothered to think of them. Philip, focus. I need to fuck Ronald McDonald. Where's my big green wig? Nuh-uh, it said Philip or Elizabeth, so I could fuck the clown, actually. I know, but only I have the big green wig. I could wear the big green wig. We're married. It's both of our wig. Philip, do you want to fuck Ronald McDonald? No. Philip. There is a flashback, which you can tell because the screen is desaturated and it's clearly in Russia because it looks like a normal American film set, but everything is rusty. Philip is stood at a train station holding hands with a clown. Everyone speaks in Russian accents in this bit. I don't know if I could do this, my love. <laughs> No, keep going with it. This is why he's better at being American. <laughs> you must do this. It is bigger than you. Bigger than me. This is for all of us. I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank you. Okay, I'll go now and become a stand-up American guy. All aboard! One last go on the nose, for all time's sake. Oh, no. You know how I get when I squeeze the nose. Oh, go on. I'll never tell. I could, I could never say no to you. Uh-huh. Oh, that's good. We cut back to real life in nice America. Philip, snap out of it. Do you have a history with clown boinking? Yes, okay, yes. I just think if I can be the one who fucks Ronald McDonald, then I'll get it out of my system. Yes, sir. Why do you sound <laughs> Russian? 
voice. You couldn't do that before. You can't do any voice consistently. You're really lucky we're in one of the bits in the season where we love each other. Or I would be furious. But you best believe that in about two episodes, this section will be in the previously on the Americans recap. So you'll be able to guess that I'm really suddenly going to hold it against you. So what you're saying is, I get to fuck the clown. Yes. Yes! Okay, I need to find that big green wig! Fine, here it is. You had the wig all along? Yes, I'm a spy. That's the kind of thing I do. I'm inscrutable. Well, I'm a spy too. Check this out! Philip rips off his dungarees to reveal an identical pair of dungarees, except they have polka dots on them like what a clown might wear. He slips on the wig and it's like you're looking at a real clown out of Covent Garden. What the fuck, Philip? Had you already planned on doinking the clown? Yeah, because I put that crossword in the newspaper just so I could rail the clown. Oh, Philip, you fool. Uh, that's actually a compliment because a clown is meant to be foolish and now I'm in character. Philip, look at the name of the newspaper. Elizabeth pulls the newspaper out from under her hair. Her hair was actually a wig that looked exactly like her normal hair. The newspaper header reads, The Washington Observer for clowns, but not actual clowns. I mean the pejorative term clown, like, You're a clown, Philip. What the heck? That's right. I intercepted your crossword and printed a whole fake newspaper. What the heck? (laughs) And I knew that you'd want to shoot a load up at clown because of your Russian clown love. How could you know about that? Because I was that clown. I'm double deep cover. Anatoly? (laughs) You can say, let's go with Anatoly. (laughs) Anatoly. That's right. (laughs) I love a clown's anatomy. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. I'm your clown paramour. Well, have I got news for you. I wasn't Misha in that flashback. That was a double cross. I was actually in the background wearing a disguise. (laughs) I was the train! Philip rips off his clown dungarees and we see a dramatic slow motion shot of a ripcord being pulled that was attached to his shoulder, immediately setting off an auto-inflation unit that begins to puff up a perfect blow-up facsimile of a Russian train from the 60s. The caboose violently blows the back of the kitchen wall off and we see Philip's face smiling out of the front of the engine like some kind of a Thomas the Tank. Engine. Philip! You idiot! You've probably woken up ancient. Ancient. <laughs> you do ancient. Ancient Stangby, man. <laughs> Philip, you idiot! You've probably woken up ancient Stangby, man, across the road. How are you gonna explain this? I can't. I can't talk. I'm a train now. And what about the kids? They're sleeping upstairs, and you know we keep all the doors open in this house for absolutely no reason. Oh, you know they never wake up. I think there's a carbon monoxide leak. They basically never wake up. Well, I thought you were a train and you couldn't speak. Choo-choo! <laughs> Same. Did you want that angry chew at Yeah, the end? I, I didn't, but actually it's <laughs> way better than just going choo-choo! <laughs> I love how quickly that regressed to Log just doing his voice. <laughs> it took about a quarter of the script. Just your voice. Oh, my voice. By the end, he was just a guy from Nottingham. <laughs> you can't ask Log to read a script about fucking Ronald McDonald and not expect him to revert to type. It's time for another feature hole confession. I want to confess when I blow chunks, I really blow chunks. I, I blew Chunk out of Goonies. <laughs> that was another Feech Hole confession. And now a message from our charity partners. Will you walk across a 20-foot bed of red-hot coals to help cats in need? <coughs> Feline brave. Join us in Birmingham this November to put your nerves to the test with a barefoot firewalk across a bed of red-hot embers. And raise funds to give unwanted cats and shite kittens a second, and in some cases, third or fourth chance. Sign up now, or we'll make the cats do it! Frequently asked questions! Excuse me, how much money do I have to raise? 
was a 25 pound registration fee to walk across the burning hot coals for exactly one cat. And you must raise at least 120 pounds in sponsorship, otherwise it's not worth the staffing cost. Meow. If you can't raise 120 pounds but you still want to walk on hot coals for a sad cat, you can pay an additional 30 pound registration fee or send us a short video of you putting a hot coal in your mouth at home. What support will I receive? You'll be given a comprehensive firewalk training on the day by our in-house expert Susan Bamfries, OBE, who has safely guided thousands of cat lovers of all ages over hot, hot, hot coals. Hi, I'm Susan Bamfries, OBE, and I've been successfully guiding cat lovers of all ages over hot coals for 15 years. Virtually nothing has ever gone wrong, and the chances of you falling over into the embers and becoming engulfed in flames because I got distracted by a text message from my Zumba instructor are literally one in 403. Are the coals hot? Yes, you fucking idiot! You complete moron! Of course they're fucking hot! Of course! Otherwise, wouldn't it be their whole fucking point? You think anyone has ever saved any second-hand cats by walking around on a bunch of room-temperature coal? We're not giving money away! We're not a fucking charity! How do I know the cats are okay? What do you mean, how do I... Yeah, we're a cat charity! This fundraising firewalk <laughs> event is entirely adjacent to our primary function of looking after unwanted cats and kittens by feeding them porridge in a little syringe through the bars of a cage. The cats will not be there on the night. If you want to do the firewalk, come to Birmingham on the 24th of November. This is a real charity event. Go to cats.org.uk forward slash West Midlands Firewalk uh, to find out how you can take part. Uh, <laughs> the uh, registration that sounds fee like a real URL. <laughs> is £25. There is a minimum sponsorship of £120, but if you can't raise that, it's a £55 registration fee to uh, walk on the coals. Why are you just repeating what you said in the advert already, Steve? That's, just to, that was all perfectly conveyed. Yeah. I'm not an idiot. <laughs> Rowheath Pavilion, Heath Road, Bourneville. Rowheath on Heath Road. Rowheath Pavilion, Heath Road, Bourneville, Birmingham. Wow. 24th of November. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a real charity event. Why, why were you so angry about it? No, I just thought it was funny, and then I <laughs> mostly just read out what it says on the cat's protection website. <laughs> does it say, oh, the cold's hot? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Is Susan Bamfries involved? <laughs> no, I changed the name from... Um... Booze and Bamfries. <laughs> <laughs> She's fucking such a lush, that woman. <laughs> it's time for another Feech Hole Confession. Here's the King Billy promise. I put my finger in every pint and I leave it there. (laughs) (laughs) You, like a big spider, spread out across the bar top. (laughs) That was another Feech Hole confession. Hello. Uh, thanks for your features. I'm afraid to tell you it's now time for my regular feature. I went to see Fess Hole live last week. Um, and I'll tell you why I went to it. I went there because I was invited personally by the King of Fesshole himself, Rob Manuel. What? Now, because you're no younger men, I want to... I know you're not actually young by any stretch of the imagination, but you're certainly younger than me. I just want to know how divorced from my experience are you. Do you know who Rob Manuel is? I know the name, but maybe that's just because of Fesshole. Mm, I maybe. No, yes. I know who Rob Manuel is, but do we need to explain what Fesshole is first? That's what I'm getting around to. Oh, you're just yeah. doing it in an ass about tit way. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't lying about this feature. It was all over the place. Oh, practice. boy, oh, boy. Well, it's got a million followers on the Twitter. So, like, I think... If, so does if Ashton anything's followed Kutcher, by, but I and, couldn't yes, and, yeah. yeah, I'm drawing blanks on Kutcher, mate. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so Fesshole is an online repository of anonymous, in, in anonymous confessions which is usually like, I, I kiss the dog, don't tell the wife. No, it's better than that. They're actually quite funny. They are, it's, you don't get to a it's million. It's 99% I kiss the dog and don't tell my wife. It is, and also I wanked in a strange place. I wanked don't on a bus. Don't tell my wife. Yeah, don't, don't, I wanked on a bus. I wanked on my wife, don't tell the bus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the dog wanked on me, don't tell. 
and then I got off the bus. <laughs> but to my mind, Rob Manuel is from stage three of my internet. Stage one of my internet was, um, your mileage might vary in this one. Mine was emails, where you'd buy a Blur LP, and there'd be an email address on the back of the CD that you could send emails to. And when you sent an email to that, you basically subscribed to a list, and everyone who sent emails to that address got all the emails that everyone else had sent to that address. Oh, my God. Did you ever have this in your period of the internet? No. no. This sounds like a CB, like the CB radio phase of the internet. Is this it's, how Roger yeah. Helmer did his emails and got you on it? <laughs> it's basically yeah. the same principle. This was the... The internet was Netscape and Gopher, and emails were where it was at. And I was the guy on the Blur newsletter or <laughs> who'd post weekly news about what the the four lads from Blur had been up to, like Damon, Graham, Dave and Jeff. And um, so all the people who are on that list, I'd like you now to thank me for the free content, especially the ones of you who asked me if it was real when I said that Damon had taught a wolf to sing the national anthem. (laughs) I am so delighted to hear that you haven't been able to stop yourself doing features so hard that you've been doing them since proto-email days. <laughs> Just, Just like shouting them into an email. Shouting CC features box. at anyone who'll listen to them. Yeah, and people would say, I don't think that's what this um, email group is for. It's for saying what we like about Blur. And like, you like the music and the people. Let me tell you some lies, please. <laughs> Stage two of the internet was the UK comedy section of the Yahoo Internet Directory. And not everyone was on the internet at this stage, so it was still possible to look good when you were actually extremely average. And that was how I found websites like Gorilla Salad, The Emporium of Fruit, and Idiotica, who had email from their contact pages and asked to swap links on websites, and they'd reply, and six months later, we'd actually go to the zoo together and be friends. All these websites now are dust. Not even on the Wayback Machine. Though... They did lead to stage three of the internet when we all got real jobs. Gid and Rich from Gorilla Salad ended up writing the Pirates books that got turned into the movie by the Wallace and Gromit prick. Neil from Idiotica started working on a comparatively joke-light website called gov.uk. <coughs> and I got a creative job writing video content for mobile phones with the guy from Emporium of Fruit. Oh, I helped you out with some of those scripts. Did you? Yeah. My God. That was 2003, man. That's like, we must have been... Oh, I think you're thinking about this phase. Because this is when the other thing was all in flux. Like, do you know? Do you remember the poke? Yes? Yes. I mean, these days it's all pure like regurgitation, like, like sort of content farm. And if you go there now, you'll see something like, 19 things that Americans find weird about the UK, and two of them are, our portions are smaller, and we say thank you to the bus driver. It's a dismal website. <laughs> or, take a look inside Silla Black's <laughs> repulsive home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she shits everywhere and doesn't say sorry. It's her home, why should she? But her cat uses the toilet. What a kooky world. <laughs> um, but do you want to... Did you know the Pope used to actually be a real newspaper? And would you like to hear an article that I wrote for that? Yes, a hundred percent. Yes, is it about Damon Albarn singing? <laughs> I know, I wish. <laughs> yeah, this is a, this is from the when it was a, just a free sheet that was that was being handed around at the Edinburgh Fringe, and I wrote this story for it. Hovering mouth continues coastal milkshake rampage. <laughs> it's not great. <laughs> a now familiar pair of hovering lips continue to dominate the Southampton skyline. The lips, which are two feet across and exist completely independently of any other organs, fade into existence at dusk and have been described by a quiet child as wet and smacky. <laughs> the lips travel from cafe to cafe, draining unfinished milkshakes with big, messy sucks and low moans of pleasure. In recent days, however, they've become noticeably bolder, hovering inches away from customers' faces as they drink and sucking the air suggestively as though to say, give us a go on that, I want it. Attempts to move the lips on have failed as police officers have fallen hopelessly in love with the pouting airborne smackers, which is a great second mention in of hovering lips. <laughs> Maybe if there was a scowling eye connected to the lips by a filthy rope of meat, that'd give it a sense of malevolent intent and break the spell, explained D.I. Leonard Stinkerton. 
But as it stands, I would call everyone in this town to climb inside those lips and see where I end up. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Your, your style has been so established for so long. It's amazing. Never grow, never change. <laughs> I, yeah, change is acquiescing to the weak. Just um, just get older as you do it so it seems slightly sadder year by year. I, that's my recommendation. Honestly, an eye connected by a filthy rope of meat is something you could have written now. And I'd be like, yeah, log. In my, de- my defence, I did edit that bit in to make it better. Oh. <laughs> there we go. Um, that article was in a document which I had called Pantomime Anus Devours Tree. <laughs> which I was relieved to discover was not expanded upon inside the document and was simply, if I was reading intention into my own actions, I was in, I put that there to lower expectations so that whatever was inside seemed adequate. What is a pantomime anus? I think it's got two men inside it. Yeah. I was hoping that would be what you said. One half each of the spent <laughs> Did that tactic work? No, that article was rejected, and I think you will both agree, rightly so. Why, why, why am I telling you all this shit? It's because Fesshall was from that period... Well, it's not from that period. It reminds me of that period, where it's user-generated content like I did with Lord of the Playground. It's, uh, but it's also something that I can mention to Stuart, and he'll say, oh, that's on Twitter, isn't it? And I'll say, yeah. And he'll say think I've heard of it? And I'll say, it's Anonymous Confessions. And he'll go, oh, yeah. And I'll feel like, very walk away really satisfied, like we've just had a good conversation. <laughs> I mean, the fest's whole live show is um, precisely as nostalgic about the internet as I am. It goes through, Rob goes through his whole history of his first 20 go to 10 program. He set up the B3TA image posting board. That's, which was that's massive. How I know Rob, uh, no, of Rob Manuel, B3TA. Yeah. I used to, mm. yeah, I used to post on B3TA all the time. I bet you did. I bet you, yeah, you were prolific as a as, as an as a teenager, weren't you? That's how you got your job at PC Zone, just being a really good poster. Yeah, yeah. I spent all of my teen early teenage years <laughs> posting on the internet, <laughs> and look at me now. I've got a podcast. <laughs> so yeah, so my favourite thing about the whole night of Fesshole was. Um, him talking about the internet of that era and me whispering to Stuart, he's talking about John T. Picking, who he did Weeble and Bob. I did a blog for Sumo Dojo. That's their company. I think I did it for them. I can't remember exactly. And then he'd go on and I'd say, oh, oh, he's just said the wanky shit demon. That's Joel Veitch. He did all those rotten fucking kittens with the human mouths. And Quiznos paid him hundreds of thousands of pounds for that I Like the Moon song, which I hate. I've been in his shed. Oh, this is This is appealing this to such... The people who are getting all of this yeah. are losing their fucking minds. Like this. <laughs> this is so good. It's genuinely, I honestly felt like I was the veteran of a shit war where nobody died and everyone except me had got medals. <laughs> 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 that was my favourite thing about it. The next favourite thing was the audience confessions that happened in the second half. Some of them were anonymous and others were let you talk to them, and which usually meant that it was a slightly tamer confession or contained a humble brag and they wanted you to know they'd had lots of sex or had a big cock or something like that. Rob did well calling out a couple of people who were just dropping the fact they had a big cock into their confession. <laughs> he does not take that shit. <laughs> but one guy, my favourite guy, confessed to wanking into his mum's knicker drawer, adding with relish that he suspected that she knew about it because every now and then she'd just wash all of her knickers in one go. Oh my God. And this confession was lent a more playful and cheeky air by the fact that he was there with his daughter (laughs) who'd already confessed to getting fucked up on edibles and giggling all the way through her gran's funeral which if it's the same gran who got her knickers wanked on feels like honestly she's better (laughs) off out of it (laughs) i don't like this family (laughs) (laughs) but nan got roasted twice They got. They were quite a charming family. I, I had. To, I went up to the bloke afterwards and said, "Nice confession, sir. Well done." <laughs> but what was bothering me about the whole thing was I was thinking, should I? Could I confess anything? Is there anything I haven't confessed? And I, that's what I wanted to check with you because 
I just constantly confess everything. I wanted to find out. Mm. I once went through all my go-to confessions, and I thought, I've told you all these before, haven't I? I just wanted to check. Have I got any new confessions for you? One, I thought that cum was basically just water, and I wiped it on my bedroom curtains until one day my curtains got changed and a book by Claire Rayner called Where Do I Come From? Answers to a Child's Questions About Sex was left in my room by a weird ghost. <laughs> no, you... you after five pints, you tell that story every time. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I mean, and also, next one then. I know the phrase hunched over a poof comes so naturally to my mouth, and I've said it a dozen times. I know that I've told you how I used to like to lean over a poof and hold in my poos. Yes. But did I tell you about the time the dog ran in and licked my face and a hard brown pebble came out of my shorts and rolled under the bed? <laughs> <laughs> how far away was the bed? I was hunched over the bed, not a poof this time. Oh, I see. <laughs> it didn't roll. It bounced up the stairs like a weird slinky. <laughs> <laughs> a stinky slinky. Oh, the stinky slinky. You were hunched over the bed and it came out of your bum. And I was wearing un- shorts, so then it trickled bed. down. Oh. I felt it trickle down my leg and then bounced off, bounced off your the ankle. back of my knee. I don't know. And then went under the bed where I left it and never told a soul. You just left it? I'm not going to fucking get on my hands and knees and fish a tiny poo out from under my bed, Joe. It might have helped you hold the rest in. You'd have been hunching under the bed. Who knows what that <laughs> position might have done. I think if I'd, done, if I'd gone under there at that stage, the, you, the stretching out of the body would have caused a further cascade of marbles. <laughs> it would have been like kaplunk. <laughs> have I told you that if I'm not having an appropriately upset response to a tragic personal event, I can make myself cry by simply imagining that someone is watching me and thinks that I am brave? <laughs> <laughs> I think I can do that too. <laughs> but the, the real confession is when you've deployed that skill. Mm. The, the real confession is like, <laughs> Am I capable of having a real emotion without imagine having an audience? <laughs> Lock me in a room, I feel nothing. <laughs> that is a new one. <laughs> and number four. I used to get bullied at Coppice Farm Primary School by a boy called James Pates. Well, I say I was bullied. He used to hit me and I, having been told never to let the bully know they're upsetting you, used to say, what was that? I didn't even feel it. It felt like a fly landed on me. I'd also call him James Paste because I was good at anagrams. He was older than me and left for secondary school, but for some reason came back and came over when he saw me. I said, you don't scare me. I'm different now. Need him in the balls and ran off crime because I'd committed a crime. To this day, I'm still worried that I might be misremembering this whole relationship in a Liz Lemon kind of way, and maybe that I was bullying him. <laughs> <laughs> And I love the idea that you'd misremembered that when he'd gone to secondary school. So you shouted at confused, bullied child who wants to come over and set things straight. Yeah. I've changed and continued doing the same thing. <laughs> I did um, search for James Pates on Facebook. Got nothing. But if you if you are a reader, James, get in touch. You may owe me a kick in the balls. <laughs> You should knee him in the balls if he, ever, <laughs> yeah. if he comes to do it. Just and then run off crying again. Him to a yeah. live show and kick him in the balls again. <laughs> You've changed, James. <laughs> I think it's more likely that you watch that episode of Thirty Rock and you empathise so much with Tina Fey. You're I like, think, well, maybe, maybe my experiences a- are the same. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I'm a comedy writer, just like Tina Fey's Liz Lemon. <laughs> <laughs> My brother used to laugh at me for washing my cousin's doll's hair, so I'd steal the money he earned on his YTS job from his bedroom door. Draw. And spend it on computer games. Is that how you got The Hobbit? Yeah, I think think it's how I got Daley Thompson's decathlon. But also, I phrased that as a revenge story. My stealing his money was nothing to do with him taking the piss out of me for washing my cousin's doll's hair. I was, in fact, a rotten little tea leaf. And, to tell the truth... I only stopped shoplifting when I read a criminology book as part of my degree that said that shoplifting is a crime typical of the middle-class homosexual boy. (laughs) Oh my (laughs) god. (laughs) This hurt me because I still wanted free stuff, but I was so internally homophobic at this stage that I did not want to fit a gay stereotype. My desire for free stuff was probably the main reason I worked through my self-hatred, embraced queer culture, and resumed shoplifting. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, finally, I know I play it down, but I actually quite like being a Freemason. <laughs> we know that. <laughs> it's just weird being in a room full of blokes of all ages, all being dead sincere and nice. It reminds me of the first time that Gav paid me a compliment about my looks, and I flinched and then realised he wasn't being sarcastic. It's just a room of people doing that. And also, you're not allowed to talk about politics, so you don't know which of them are actually evil. Great. (laughs) (laughs) What a great system. (laughs) You take open pride in your Freemasonry. I love to see it. I don't. I never talk. I never start talking about it. Every now and then you show a little picture. Oh, yeah. And it's like, I love that. That's what we've been all clearly (laughs) very happy and proud of. Well, I was Worshipful Master, and I was sending you a picture of me with the Master's gavel. That's so pretty fucking hot. I mean, yeah, it doesn't get much better than that. Does why it? didn't I get this fucking picture? I want to see a gavel. It was in the regular features WhatsApp group. Well, then why didn't I look at it or pay any attention? <laughs> Someone's muted me. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Nothing to confess more. No more features about me. I promise I will put voices on and talk about big lads and kitty cats from now on. Just I like the features about you, Log. You live a much more interesting life than I do. Yeah, I love that. You've got such a, a, an amazing history working in this weird sort of punk era of comedy fanzine. It's like comedy shadow realm. Every, like, so often you'll ask me and then we'll fail to, like, you, would, you want to, like, write some sort of newsletter and just leave it lying around <laughs> in the <pubs. laughs> It's like, well, just, like, make this thing, just... just leave it on the ground for people to find i remember years ago saying that we that we should write a newsletter a comedy newsletter that we just posted through people's letters <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> it's and i still think we should do that it's such a great idea and it's so it is punk it's it's punk comedy vandalism <laughs> and I, want, I definitely think we should be doing that The best things in life are free But my favourite comes out of a bee I want honey That's what I want That's what I want That's what I want The Queen gives me such a thrill But it's out of drones the syrup spills I want honey Buzz, 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 buzz Buzz, 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 buzz Buzz, buzz, buzz Well that's it for this week's episode of the Regular Features Podcast If you liked the podcast you can go to patreon.com forward slash regular features and help us out by donating an amount of your choosing and if you give us two pounds an episode we will do the most special thing possible to your name death death to your name (laughs) replace it replace it with a b name you get your very own b name and you got to call your wife and say wife don't call me by my human name anymore because i'm a b now (laughs) <laughs> and if you call me by if you call me Dave you're gonna get stang woman <laughs> boys could mm. you please give me a B name for the following new patrons a B name please for James Key Angelo Badad meant to be a B <laughs> what? the guy who wrote the Twin Peaks soundtrack yeah <laughs> bad I meant I'm bad, bad I meant to meant be a to B be a B <laughs> Dad, I meant, dad, oh, I yeah, meant actually, to be a bee. That's much better. Angelo, okay. dad, I meant to be a bee. <laughs> Why would a bee say that? Unless he was just particularly happy with how much of a bee he was today. <laughs> well, I went to the British Library this week and I found out that there was a kind of a bee called a cuckoo bee. And it's a special green bee that lives in other bees' hives. So maybe the cuckoo bee's like, dad, I'm bad, I meant to be a bee. <laughs> Is that real? That's real. There's a cuckoo bee. It's green. 
It's a green bee. That it's a shiny green bee. And and it, I heart it, cuckoo and bees. They, and they they get egged up in other bees' hives, and they live there and eat all the honey while the other bees do the work. Oh, and pat their big fat cuckoo bee tummies with their six yeah, legs. Oh, I couldn't possibly do anything. <laughs> I'm, I'm so full. full. Oh. How are you full? I don't know. I just, I guess I'm just full today. Could you go out? Well, have you have you seen any flowers around here? Could you wiggle, dance away? It's like, well, I'm probably over this way. <laughs> 400 miles. There's no fucking way is a flower 400 just miles go. away. Just go. Just go. All of you just go. All I'm tired. I'm really tired. <laughs> You're making me sleepy now. <laughs> I'm tired of this argument. Can you go? Where's that? Which which hexagons the honey in this week? <laughs> which hexagons the honey in actually? Because <laughs> all the honey. I gotta go check on. I gotta go check on the honey. All the hexagons <laughs> in this wing of the hive is gone, and I don't get it. So I've got to go and check the other hexagons to see if it's got. It's a mystery. I'm the. I'm a detective bee. Actually, I've got to stay here. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm on the case, lads. Just go over there. there. We haven't seen any drones around here, have you? I hate those guys. (laughs) Angelo Dad, I meant to. Angelo Dad, I meant to be a bee. Yeah, why not? (laughs) You can include as much of that improv as you like in your name as well. Boys, a bee name, please, for Daniel Taylor. Ian Beale's bee appeal. (laughs) (laughs) That's no. Yes. Yes. Ian Beale's beep beep be a no, no, that's, that's too much. No. <laughs> Ian Beale's be a peel. That's fun. It's not like you to gild a lily look. <laughs> a bee name, please, for Harry Leonard. Roman's countryman, lend me your stangs. No, that is good though. It's a bit try hard. Bit try hard, isn't it? Roman's countryman. Sting me your ears. Sting my ears. Sting me in the... Sting me in my ears. Sting me. Ro- Roman's countryman. Sting me in my ears. <laughs> well, if you'd like your own B name, head over to Patreon. Patreon. Pa- Patreon. Uh, you'll also get access to the beehive. That is the patron-exclusive Discord where all the bees hang out and we tell little to- little tall stories. <laughs> <That's great. laughs> we just lie to each other <laughs> and we will not be accountable for what we say. What's fun? What's fun on the uh, on the beehive lately? I'll tell you what I liked. I liked behind Hanami Lines pointing log to a sign that he could a- buy for... The- Advertises Spratt's dog cakes. Yeah. I mean, what sounds like a euphemism for turds yep. is like, get your hot dog cakes fresh from the ass. No, it's the they Spratt's are a, a famous dog cake and puppy biscuit manufacturer, apparently. <laughs> was, was that in reaction to, um, or in response to lawn, lawn sausages? <laughs> Not, uh, no, yeah, lawn sausages do sound like dog shits. Yeah, uh, I, I can't remember who made that observation to me privately, and I'm very sorry if I stole that joke from you. Um, oh, whoever you are, don't hate me. Fuck em, fuck em, it's you, Log. You come up with it. Actually, fuck you. Mine now. I said it to a wider audience. It's mine now. <laughs> Log, are you getting Spratt's dog cakes as a sign? Um, That one was sold, and the only ones I can find online are in the region of £500. What? So we could have a little whip round for a little dog biscuit sign. <laughs> if you give just ten hundred more pounds to the regular features Patreon this month, Log will buy a Spratt's dog cake sign. And that's a solid gold guarantee. Mm-hmm. If we see one one thousand no wait, two hundred and fifty pound per episode donation, we'll buy it. And then we'll spend the rest on smack. <laughs> I'm going to have to reinstall WooCommerce on the regular features blog, aren't I? And just get the shop back up. What, WooCommerce has gone down? No, I took it off because because I was trying. I had to move servers, and there's a lot of fucking files on that thing, so I disabled all the unnecessary. 
plugin. So no one can pay for me to debase myself like the low beast I am. No one can Absolutely. pay for me to let their dog have a go in my mouth. And I have given up giving absolving people of their sins, which was what I did. Very, very, very tied into Fesshole. That's True. very thematic, that. What a, what a pleasing bow. It's not like us to give up on an enterprise like this. <laughs> We've never flippantly promised something. Speaking We're still doing the, the dis- podcast, aren't we? Stop complaining. Speaking of the Discord, <laughs> if you are wondering about your B-name certificates, I don't know. I don't know how we do them anymore. Sorry. There was a special machine that made them. Yeah. Let's just say that machine fell into the sea. <laughs> don't know how else to explain it but that's, <laughs> actually it sounds like a joke but it's closer to the truth than you might imagine okay we'll be back next week with another episode <laughs> of the podcast goodbye <laughs> uh, they do have a full faq uh, one of the FAQs is, can I have an alcoholic drink for some Dutch courage? No, <laughs> not in Bourneville, you can't. <laughs> you won't be allowed to take part if you have consumed alcohol or taken recreational drugs. You know that nothing good ever happens following the words, here, hold my beer, watch this. That's not true. That's good. People do cool tricks and shit. Yeah, the coolest stuff happens after people say that. And yes, sometimes it's the guy from that one drinking advert where he thought he was Robocop and he went up scaffolding and fell off it and died. But most of the time, it's people doing backflips. Seven times out of ten, the Robocop bit lands. Yeah. (laughs) And you're a legend. Or they're just like climbing up there to throw a ping pong ball into a cup from really far away or something. Do you remember that advert? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I'm just... I just remembered it as you said it. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I suddenly freaked out that I'd completely made up the video where Robocop climbs up a scaffold and dies. <laughs> I am missing this. The, my, the only advert I can think of with a ping pong ball in it is the Maltesers Oh, there's no ping pong ball involved. I added that. Oh, okay. Um, in this, it's just a guy climbing up scaffolding to look cool, and his version of looking cool in his drunk head is, He's being I look Robocop. just like Robocop. <laughs> <laughs> the famously athletic superhero. Him working out at the gym, looking at a picture of Robocop holding a baby. <laughs> putting another biscuit tin lid on his bicep so he looks more like him. 